Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, a brutal murder points a Mormon detective to a family on the violent fringes of their religion. We'll talk about the FX on Hulu series Under the Banner of Heaven. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flint. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of Dead on Deadline, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hello, Rebecca, and I hope not to meet you in the latter days. Oh, yeah. Well, you probably aren't. I mean, we'll talk about that. Aren't these the latter days? They these are. might be. The I might be days, under your eye. Though. The latter days of reply <laughs> Under off, your so. eye. Whoa, under that's your eye. Eye. We're, we're throwing in a lot of different, <laughs> different religions handmade. all of a sudden. <laughs> different handmade, Laura. There's a lot going on. <laughs> and finally, our captain of all things cynical, the author of the City Trilogy, host of the Stranger Rivals podcast, and our Patreon deep dive book club podcast, a Toby guy Ball. guy with a really long beard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Toby. Hey, I was going to give you an Andrew Garfield impersonation, but oh no, do it, do it, do it, do it. Hello, Rebecca. <laughs> how, how are you? I'm fine. Sister Rebecca. Brother Tyree. Yeah. Bro- brother Toby. It's um, okay, Rebecca. So Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for responding. Uh, so Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this is Monday's podcast. Jeez, um, yeah. What is coming up on Thursday's episode? Well, on Thursday we'll be back with a review of the podcast. Will be wild. Wow. If you don't know what that phrase is, you haven't been around the block at all. You haven't. You haven't. Um, Kevin, can I just mention something really quick before we start the show? Yeah. Did you think our podcast would be around longer than Reply All? No. <laughs> no. R.I.P. Reply All. Yeah, of course, the big announcement came out this week that Reply All, the uh, long-lived podcast from Gimlet, the very first podcast from the Gimlet uh, Network, 
is ending in its, quote, current form. I think that just means it's ending. <laughs> the entire staff <laughs> has been tweeting that they no longer work on Reply All. Um, and I just, the idea that we are have outlived Reply All is amazing to me. We've outlived several podcasts, actually. We so, have. Yeah. We have. We've been around a while. Um, I was actually DMing with someone today who was talking about, Laura and Toby, your longevity in this podcast and how, how do we keep you here? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Oh, were they trying to replace us? Oh my God. No. <laughs> they were like, how do you get these people to listen to so many things and watch so many things? I was like, I, I don't know. know. Yeah. It's the only thing we make them do. And we then can we, tell them next week we got 50 hours. And then we're like, like, all right, yeah. well, we'll just burn <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, split our ad revenue with them and they're like, watch this thing. And they're like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think it's ever occurred to them to like, they don't, don't have yeah, to do it. I didn't realize I had. Had a choice. Had, had a choice, Toby. But apparently, we might be getting edged out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, please don't take the reply all like route. Um, and I mean, if you want to, and you want to go on for better opportunities, that's okay. That's okay. But you're not really replaceable. I mean, I think. What I we're not, not really be. replaceable? Yeah. No. I mean, Ringo I mean, did have tonsillitis one time, and they brought it another guy, and it was still the Beatles, I guess. Yeah. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> we all know Lara is Pete Best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom, boom. Pete Best going to keep time. So if he could keep time, he'd be a billionaire. We would never know who Ringo was. True, true. By the way, Lara has a big announcement. Yes. Oh. Lara, tell us about the big publishing announcement that you have. Oh, I, I had a cover reveal this week. I couldn't contain myself any longer for book two in the Piper Green Exeter Mysteries. It's called The Final Curtain. Nice. And it will be out in September of 2022. That's great. We all got a nice. chance to look at some of the drafts of the covers. Mm-hmm. So did anybody's input like really push the needle one way or the, another? Well, you know what? As soon as I saw the different cover rendition, like the different designs, there was mm. one that I immediately gravitated to. And I was really glad that you guys all gravitated to the exact same one, which mm. is the one I picked. Yes. Good. So it wasn't because I said one of the other ones looked like an old time Wondery <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't even understand that one. That one was weird. I had like this weird like hand there in the middle a hand. of it. Like, That's why it looked like an old time Wondery podcast podcast like logo you know every at the beginning of wondery like every podcast logo had a hand in it like the same hand yeah. model just a different poses they had yeah. one photo session with one hand model and they used that hand model over and over and over again for every podcast they made for like two years oh like so the, yeah that was probably the same hand because it was like a stock image or something so it yeah. could have been the wondery hand um <laughs> that i walked away from i don't know but i didn't like the hand and then i had another one because there's a theater theme in this story so there's like some very light curtains in the background. But we we did one that was a little more in-your-face curtains, like theater curtains that were red. And I just, I didn't like that as much. I didn't like I, it. I like, yeah. It took away from the town imagery. It did. But yeah, like, nothing, exactly. No cover will ever be as bad as the hardcover edition of <laughs> Kevin Flynn's Wicked Intentions. <laughs> Never as bad. Google it, America. Fire. Oh, Google it's the it. best. Yeah. I loved that cover, Kevin, where she was uh -huh. coming out of the fire. Jesus no, no, no. Christ. Her disembodied head is floating <laughs> in a in a photoshopped square pile of flames for no reason. They should not let interns <laughs> design. Could you but not she, like push back on that? I, you were too afraid to push back on it. It's your first book. Yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, you didn't know you could. <laughs> they say but, like yeah. they don't push back. They really want to fuck. No, it, yeah. your agent said don't push back, but yeah. you should have. You should have known better. Should have pushed back on my agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. My second book, I got this like great cover, but mm -hmm. 
it was a little sexier Ooh. than the book was. Mm. And I was like, I think people are going to buy this expecting something else. Mm. Sexier. Yeah, so there's no Sexy and Toby Ball. Don't, I don't know. I, I don't think of Toby Ball with like a sexy like. <laughs> Unless you've got a secret <laughs> hidden Easy. Like, wow. There's no, you, I'm just saying, you like, I, Toby's I, face. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, when you said it was sex, I was, like, thinking of, like, Toby Ball, like, Judith Krantz, Toby Ball. Yeah. Mm. A bodice ripper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like stepping into the shower with Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> and showing a nip. And then nothing happens. And then nothing happens. Yeah. No soap. No nothing. <laughs> Uh, Let me remove your garments slowly. (laughs) And she was cute, too. Is she's still alive in the series so far? Speaking of, we should probably get to it and get to our review for this episode. All right. I'm going to go ahead and drop that first clip. Let's talk about Under the Banner of Heaven. Female's 24. The child is 15 months. Suspects the husband from a big LDS family. As in... Highly regarded. After the 1984 murder of Brenda Lafferty and her baby, Detective Jeb Pyree learns the woman married into a prominent and devout Mormon family. But her relatively modern outlook soon clashed with her five brother-in-law's views on marriage, religion, and the government. Obeying unholy laws for daddy's sake is not going to make anybody happy, not here or in the next life. But, I mean, there's got to be a way to do it where we won't all have to go to jail. Your husband made his decision. Honor your priesthood holder. As conflicts arose among their wives, their community, and their church, the Lafferty brothers explored fundamentalist Latter-day Saints' teachings about polygamy, taxation, and atonement. Now, Detective Pyrie must question his own faith as he pursues men willing to spill blood in the name of God. Ron left that list for us to find because he believes fully that he is the one, a new lion of the Lord, the latter-day Brigham Young. There'll be more blood. Andrew Garfield stars in the FX on Hulu series Under the Banner of Heaven, based on the book by John Krakauer. The story flashes between the murder investigation, the evolution of the Lafferty's extremist views, and scenes from Mormon history that inform the religious overtones of the crime. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Under the Banner of Heaven. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. Lara, so this really starts off with a pretty horrific crime scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two detectives walking into a murder and we find out pretty quickly that not only is has a mother been murdered, but also a baby We also, by the way, have two detectives that did not exist in real life. They are fictionalized detectives, and we are seeing the crime through their eyes. What do you think of this setup for this series? Well, I think the setup is actually one of the better parts of this. um, There's things later on where I feel like this sort of dragged a little bit, and it got a little bit hokey with some of the reenactments. But this setup, you get right to the front. Like you said, it's not only a crime scene, it's a horrific crime scene, and it's in stark contrast to this sort of tranquil, idyllic life that you're seeing kind of the facade with like the Mormon family values and everything. You you have this very handsome, clean cut, like Boy Scout sort of detective go in and he's like evil. And then he kind of has to like gather himself up 
before he can go out because you go in and you don't see it's hinted at there's there's the blood it's clear that it's pretty gruesome he goes back out and the other police officers out there is also just like sitting there with like his head in his hands and just unable to you, you these are things that you know people that are doing this professionally are not even able to sort of walk away from in the midst of it because it's it's their job because it's so horrific and that guy is like they're like, can you go back in? And he's like, I don't even think I can go back in there. All right, we need to stand up. Come on. And I need you to get Morris to bring the print kit and um, a video camera. I need you both to record every single corner in that house. I don't think I can go back in. Gather yourself for their sake. So we know right up front, this is a really, really awful thing that happened. And it happened in Mormon country. Yeah. And so that's that's like the setup going into this and going forward, like I read on the internet what actually happened because I, I wanted to know because we haven't quite gotten to that by episode five, um, the specific details, but it, it was a really, really violent crime scene. You know, one of the that, one of the things that's interesting to me, Toby, is that, you know, there's this sort of immediate play between this like fictional cop investigation, which they use as a device here. First of all, I am curious to know what you think of that, because the writers of this series decided there had to be a frame through which to tell this, because I did not read the book Under the Banner of Heaven. I know that you did. I know that Kevin did. I know the book is largely the historical stuff with a little bit of the murder stuff in the fore. But they decided in this series to put the murder stuff in the front, and there had to be an investigation around which to frame this. So they basically made up these cops and did it through this lens. So before I ask you the next question, what do you think of that as the framing for this series and the era of true crime and that being the lens through which people like want to watch things. So it's a weird book to turn into a true crime series. I read the book a long time ago. I love the book. I, I think it's a great piece of sort of popular history, but it's not really a true crime book. It uses true crime as sort of the frame. And I think the excuse to look back into Mormon history to see what it is that sort of, you know, motivating the killers, right? So what they did is they took a history book with a little bit of true crime and turned it into a, you know, a non-true crime inspired by a true crime series with a touch of history in it. And the history parts are not good. Yeah. It's like Little House in the Prairie, right? Like watching those little... It's Yeah, yeah. it's bizarre. And I, the only thing I can think of to make it make any sense is that it's somebody's, you know, perception That's of the way was it was yeah, at like, the time. It's, a it's like this, yeah. Right. It's sort of this weird, like Disney Mormon version of what that stuff would have been like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's strange that they, they did it. I think there's some interesting stuff in here, why they had to do it under the banner of heaven and feel like they had to throw in, these weird historical uh, moments, which, they, which again, they, I don't think they do very well. Although I, you can kind of see the connection. I, I don't know why they did it the way they did. I remember the book coming out around the time of one of our books or maybe my first book because it was on the charts and it was kind of, it was like in the way from, you know, blocking me getting up to the number one, right? 
So I read it. It was the only thing blocking. It was the only thing. Yes, we would have been <laughs> number one. Damn Wait. it, Crack Hour. By the, right. way, by the way, Crack Hour was in the top ten of all books, but right. was but we were only in like the charts of like. I'm, I was the, looking at, at, at Murder and Mayhem, yes. that particular oh, okay. category on Amazon. Any, anyway, I read it because okay, this is the big mainstream true crime book, and I will say my memory of it was that it was predominantly a way to talk about Mormon history, I felt in the book, the crime story was lacking an awful lot. Although it wasn't, I mean, that was how I learned a lot about Mormon history. So when I went to see Book of Mormon and shit like that, I was like, oh, okay, I understand this. But transitioning to the TV show, I will say that I do think, and I agree with you guys, that the weakest part is the historical flashbacks. I understand why they thought it was necessary because it does inform some of these characters' perceptions of what may be happening to them, so the anti-government thing, there's a history of antipathy from the federal government, so the, you know, they, they feel that and, and whatnot, but you're right, it does kind of feel a little bit like Little House on the Prairie. What do you, you know? think of Plus this? Plus the, the acting affect of like- the characters uh, in it? Yes, of, yes. of, yes, of, of religious pioneers in the 1800s. now we have a witness to your crimes and whoredoms committed over and again with an unmarried woman. Filing your holy marriage vows, Mr. Prophet. Now you face our law. It was like a cheap History Channel reenactment. What it was? It was like a cheap, sinister History Channel. Like it was very dark. Like I felt like. You know, if there was anything positive they about- They only dramatize the weird things. Yeah. I'm like, if there's anything positive about Mormonism, we're not seeing here. We're seeing this like fucking creepy ass, yeah. dark like shit where they're out like killing, stabbing that guy. And he's like- ah! Every time they got run out of town. But what do yeah. you think? What do you think about this idea though that Toby and I have that it's actually in the heads of the people telling it? It's not actually the really- Wait, the what do you mean by that though? So- what we're seeing, the reenactments we're seeing isn't actually the history. It's what the got p- characters in this story think is is the history. Yes. Uh, that's You know how it's like it's like they're Davy and Goliath. They were like <laughs> that, I thought like, they were like bending. They were, it was an LDS okay. show, yes. Davey. No, I, I agree with you, Rebecca, because I felt like in the beginning, because I, I was trying to figure it out. At first I was like, wait, is this something that they think happened? Like what happened? I think that's what it might be. But it's but it's it's not signposted in any way. And it's like they're bending the history of whatever to their new version to conform with this new super uber off the rails fundamentalism right. sect that they're starting. Yeah. And they're basically being like, no, no, this is what happened in the past when this person got stabbed and like this bad thing happened and these people all died. And, you know, the real whatever under your eye shit was going down. I think I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's the opposite of yeah, that. Yeah. Like if you read Under the Banner of Heaven, like these Mormon fundamentalists are actually sort of being true to this sort of violent polygamist history that they had. And that is largely now, I mean, this comes up again and again in the show. It's like, put your questions on the shelf. Like, don't talk about the history. We don't want to visit that. Yeah. And that's why when Dan, I guess the uh, second oldest brother yep. goes and starts, you know, digging into the history and, and finding these books that aren't sort of officially around for uh, LDS people to read but he gets it at an antique store and it's this sort of more incendiary stuff in Krakauer's book, you know, that's sort of, you know, what I think he feels like he's revealing is th- there is this history that involves 
you know, violence and, you know, Joseph Smith's deciding he can marry a whole bunch of people yeah. and, and stuff like that in a way that, you know, I guess the Mormon church would prefer. No one talk about. Mainstream Mormons not yeah. spend a whole Let's lot of time this, thinking about. In the box and put it under the bed. So this is the other question I wanted to ask you, Toby, because, I mean, I'll just say I think it's one thing the show does really well. At the beginning of the show, we're, we're introduced to this Lafferty family, which, The you Kennedys know, of Utah. We see them through Brenda's eyes when Alan brings her home on his motorcycle. And, you know, we see her parents and we see all the siblings. And he's we part see, of a Mormon motorcycle gang? No, no, no. He's just he's just part of this very prominent family. And we see that he has the brother uh, who's sort of the one who's left the family a little bit. That's Ron. We see Dan. Uh, we see sort of the different kinds of flavors of conservatism in this family and how far it can go within the mainstream mm-hmm. of Mormonism. The father, the chiropractor, very patriarchal to my mind. This family is very conservative, but still in the mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. And then we see the parents leave on the mission and the devolution of the brothers rapidly into this, you know, really, really, really fringe sect and how it happened and it's done through the eyes of the cops and through the eyes of this storytelling of the brothers after the rest after after the murder and you sort of see them very very clean cut you see them after they're arrested they look completely different and then you sort of see it happen over this series of these episodes that we've watched how do you feel a show handled that because that's the only use of the device of these terrible historical reenactments. Yeah. It's like, that's the only reason why they're there. So let's like talk about, like let, let go of how terrible they are, but like, that's why they're there. Um, and like, I, for one, we saw them at the clean cut picnic and then you see them arrested and I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? But then you actually see it happen and I'm like, all right, that's actually super interesting. Um, did you find that interesting or, or did you buy it? Yeah, well, I think what's interesting the thing I thought it was lacking is that you don't really get any sense of why it started that way. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of like suddenly he's like all obsessed with paying taxes yeah. and not wanting a license to be a chiropractor. But I think the idea that there's this relationship between this very, very conservative religiosity and then this Bundy-esque constitutional weirdness, and then that leads to even more fundamentalist Mormon, you know, Dan goes down, he's trying to find out about polygamy and stuff. So the way these two things kind of mix, like the anti-government stuff and then the religious fundamentalism, that to me is like sort of the most interesting part of this whole thing. They don't do a perfect job with it, I think, but I, I do think they bring it up. Like they show it, they show that this is the, this is the dynamic. This is the chemistry that's going on there. And this is what results of it. Like these guys start growing beards, which mainstream Mormons don't do, but they're trying to, you know, reenact being the saints of old or whatever. So, yeah, I thought that part was super interesting. And I thought it was interesting that that they would want to do something like that on a sort of pretty mainstream show. Yeah. I thought it was also interesting, by the way, that the least conservative brother ends up, you know, sort of kind of going the farthest. That's obviously something that we'll end mm-hmm. up talking about, too. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right, so Kevin, let's take a break here and let's do some business, shall we? Oh, so business section. Let's do it. I'm going to drop that music now. Oh, all right. So uh, coming up on Patreon, we have the Crime Writers on After Show. Oh, let's do that. For those folks who are subscribers on Patreon, you're going to hear Rebecca talk about how she has been indoctrinated yes. into a cult. Yes, the cult of Disney. Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. Oh so you hated Disney for years. Listen, I'm a fundamentalist Disney person now. Yes, you are. Oh <laughs> boy, Is, are you going to be a Disney travel guide? Uh, listen, I have she's something got, to show she's you. She's got Disney sister wives. I have something to show you right now, uh, your, just your as ears? a preview for the uh, for the after show. You ready? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Standing up, she's on her. Vintage. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> oh, God. Your, your Walt Disney World sweater. I am wearing a Disney varsity sweater. I am part of the team. Um, I've been indoctrinated. I will be committing murders on behalf of the Disney. No, not really. But I, I, I'll tell you how it happened. I am not proud. But I have reasons. And they're not great. But um, they're true. So uh, what else, Kevin? I also want to let Patreon users know that Patreon is rolling out a new design this week. So hopefully that improves your Patreon experience. But it is very easy to get those exclusive podcasts because you get, a, I think the way it works, tell me if I'm wrong, you get a special URL code that you put in any of the podcast apps that you, whatever podcast app you're using right yeah, now, yeah. Apple or Stitcher or whatever, Spotify, and yeah. Spotify, and boom, you'll get your you get the uh, Patreon whole feed. feed. Yeah, yes. you'll get. Or so, you can listen on Patreon. Or you can listen on Patreon, and they have been listening to your feedback about making that easier to use. So whatever way you can, yeah, you'll do it. Yeah, well, they've made their own listening app better too, which is the whole thing. They made their own experience listening right there better. Yeah. Good for Patreon. They get it. Yes. And they if you have problems with Patreon, stop emailing me. <laughs> no. I can't fix it. Email Kevin. That's Email. What you, your job. I'm just you have one job. You have actually I eight have jobs. one job. I'm, I'm that is one of pretty them. responsive to people, but usually it's like uh, I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> All right, Kevin. So does that end the business section for now? Anyway, yes. All right. Well, that's, that ends the business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out now. Do that, woman. I can't wait for you to hear about my Disney indoctrination. All right, Laura Bricker, we have to talk about Spider-Man. Uh, Andrew Garfield as Detective Jeb Pyrie. Um, we should say former Spider-Man. Um, I don't know. He's part of the multiverse, hey, Rebecca. Hey, so spoiler alert, Kevin. Spoiler it's been alert. out for months. <laughs> um, what do you think of Jeb Pyrie? Of course, we should say, once again, he's a fictional character. He's very, very, very wholesome. I will say in my real life, I know a lot of former Mormons. And, and I know a couple mm-hmm. of practicing 
Mormon lights um, and former Mormons who sort of talk about their wholesome upbringing. And he's he very this character very, very much uh, jibes with that, you know, picture of the very symmetrical, very lovely, very wholesome, very optimistic <laughs> Donnie and Marie Brand of of, of <laughs> the brother and sister from Dancing with the Stars. He's brand. a little bit country. And his yeah, wife's of, a little bit rock Mormon. and roll. Um, yeah. What do you think of sort of his character in the show and the reconciliation between him being a hard boiled detective allegedly who is supposed to be arresting people out there in the world and this guy who also needs to come home and be perfect all of the time um yeah so this was interesting because you know i didn't read the book like uh toby and kevin did and i i actually but then i did some research on the case in the book as i was watching this i thought it was a good decision to try to frame this in more of a true crime story sort of format with you know, a detective and this sort of traditional sort of like police procedural way that the story is told through Pyrie and through his partner, Bill Taba, who is the Native American who recently moved to Mormontown from uh, Las Vegas and obviously is feeling very out of place. But I felt like I liked the, you know, the way they did try to contrast, you know, Andrew Garfield's character, who was it was almost just too nice. But as somebody that really understood, like you could see through that character how just entrenched and like deeply instilled the culture and the sort of ideology of this Mormon life was, even in the police force where they're still brother so-and-so and, you know, whatever, and and just the way that they are still deferring to the church leaders when they're out on investigations even though you're in a police role, there's like no separation between the religion and the police investigation. And then you have this, this partner, Bill, who's, I felt like was sort of like the voice of reason. But for me, I just felt like the Mormon detective was just almost so nice that I just, I had a hard time buying into buying into the character. Yeah, see, I thought the second weakest part of this series, besides the historical stuff, is Andrew Garfield. Really? You don't think Sam Worthington was the second weakest part of the series? No, actually, no. I think it's, I, I mean, Andrew Jake Garfield Suey. is being asked to carry the series. I don't, I'm not really buying him as the lead. See, I don't think Ron was upset with Dan one bit. Do you misremember that? Or did the prophet's office set limits on what you could say? Because I'd rather us think of Ron as some kind of saintly victim of Dan's extracurriculars because the last thing they need is for Utah to find out its treasured son had gone fundy. Look, if you're going to take the liberty of we're just going to create two detectives, it's fine. It happens a lot and it can be done very well. You're like, well, what are we going to do? I, I kind of get the idea of let's make the lead detective Mormon because that would be realistic in that that part of the country that, yeah, a lot of the folks would be Mormon. And then we can have all this stuff where his faith is tested. I'm just not buying that his faith is tested. I, you know, I just don't see him like really carrying this. He's, he's kind of milk toasty, like not pious and nice and maybe a bit naive, but just milk toasty. I'm really and I kind of like see him acting. So I have a problem with Andrew Garfield in this this role. I'm okay with the idea conceptually of if we're going to create a character to be the lead, make him this guy, even let's make his partner Native American. So there's, you know, 
We're not confused that he's a Catholic or something like that. But I just I just don't know if he was the right guy for this. I'm not buying it. Here's what I think about that. Andrew Garfield's character is Mormon. He's supposed to be the, quote, normal Mormon. Mm-hmm. We also see him being patriarchal as fuck. Yeah. In the show. Yeah, that's right. the way they want to write the character. That's right, fine, yeah. Right, And I just kept thinking, with the whole thing of them struggling and him being, like, approached by Mormon elders and saying, like, do you want to betray the church, son? I just kept thinking about Boston Catholic cops being approached by Catholic priests who, like, would not want them sure. to, like, arrest, like, molesting priests. Yep. That's the same shit that happened in Boston, right? Like, yeah. Police officers in Boston did not investigate child molestation because they were Catholic. That's what happened, right? And like literally that's what happened. And I'm just like, okay, so this is representative here, except those police officers did not go home and like also were patriarchal and like, you know what I mean? Like, so we actually- It goes to the next level. I'm saying that like, it's just really, it's an interesting dynamic to me was interesting to see him doing to a small, he was actually committing some of those crimes at home, even though he was the quote nice one. Remember, that's all dramatic license. I understand that, yep. but that's what the religion is, right? You know what I mean? And it's just interesting to me. I mean, to me, it's interesting that they did it. I mean, I, I liked that they did it. And I do. I don't think Andrew Garfield's acting was bad, and his ability to do an American accent way fucking better than Sam Worthington, who was Australian as fuck in this thing all over the place. He was in the Nicole Kidman of this series everywhere. Toby, what did you want to say? I'm kind of interested in the fact that this Mormon good guy, like it's kind of the theory behind him is that as a Mormon, if you learn more about your history, you'll start to doubt your faith. Yeah. And that to me seems like, a little objectionable, <laughs> you know, I, that's like kind of an mm-hmm. odd, like, I can't imagine them doing it about another religion. Like, I don't know if it's yeah, like, they feel like they can get away with it with Mormons, but it's a strange, you know, I, I think it's a real, like if I, if I was Mormon, I would have like a, a big issue. I guess I've got a big issue and I'm not a Mormon. Yeah. That, that to me, I, I had a little bit of a, a, a hard time with that. Is it a cheap shot? Well, I, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem fair to me. I mean, it's, it's well, kind I, of, can I ask you a question? It seems like it's, you're supposed to think it's inevitable. Yes. W- was he having an issue? I mean, it was the past that he was learning, but was he having, questioning his faith because he was learning about his past or because he was being bullied by his community for investigating a crime in his community? That's, well, that's what I got from it. Oh, I thought when he was getting in these like conversations with, you know, Alan and, you know, whatever Samuel and stuff. Yeah. Who certainly like he's devout, but these guys are like fully invested. Yep. I am the sent to spill the blood of those on his list onto the ground. There's a list. A holy list revealed to heavenly fathers, destroying angels. I've heard his voice and now I will. Wait, 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 Sam. You're saying there's a, there's an actual list. And they're kind of throwing stuff back at him. Like, are you a good Mormon? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know. Um, (laughs) Wait, how do I feel about me being patriarchal right now? Yeah, you're right. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So that was interesting. I I think the other thing is just like the Bill Taba character is just another thing, which I just like, I can't wrap my head around what they were thinking. Like, there seems like there's so many possibilities you could have with an outsider as the sidekick. 
and they don't do like seem to take advantage of any of them. Like you get a tiny bit of like people being racist to him and a little bit of like, Oh, that's not how we do things here. But that just seems like the, the most like surface, like minor thing. Like there's no, there's no point where he's just like, this is fucked up. Like the way this is going, like, why is this guy, this, you know, ward president or whatever he is coming in here and like, you know, telling people what I, it just, it just seemed like there was, yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. quite figure out what they were trying to do with that character. So I don't, I mean, maybe something will come up later, but it just seemed like sort of dead wood to me. I, I do like that. They don't make it anything of his being a native American. I mean, it is great casting, by the way, he is a fantastic actor. I just watched him in a terrible show on Netflix. Um, one of those Harlan Coben adaptations that I love, by the way, <laughs> no. I love them. I know you do. <laughs> I love every Harlan Coben adaptation. I'm not going to shit on it because I watched all of it. It had Tony Collette in it, too. I'm not even going to talk about what it was called because I loved every minute of it, even though it was terrible. His name is Gil Bir- Birmingham or Birmingham. I love the actor. I do love that they're not making it like he's like Native American guy. They just cast him as the partner, and he's great, great actor and great casting. But you're right, just him being the outsider the only great scene in the show with him in that role was the McDonald's scene with the fries, the temptation of the fries, oh, yeah. which, by the way, yeah. <laughs> McDonald's fries are the biggest temptation in the world. And any Mormon who does want to question his faith, I do think the fries might actually be the thing that does it. It's eating you alive, isn't it? What? All you got to do is ask nice job. Can I have some fries, Bill? Bill, those things are going to kill you. Let's die happy. Sorry, little secret. That's like the Spanish Inquisition, right? <laughs> Have a fry. I don't know. I like the scene where he went into, they were going through the bishop's house after the ransacked, and he turns the corner, and they happen to have like one of those cigar store Indians, and he oh, looks yeah. at it and he goes, charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there may, it, I mean, it may come up later, like when they get to, the mountain meadows thing, yep. which they, they've kind of hinted at like that, that may play in a little bit, but I, I don't know. So far it just seems like a, a waste. Well, I think it just, I mean, it was like Rebecca's, I don't think there was any for me. I didn't feel like strongly one way or the other. I just felt like it was another part of the framing device of making this like a police procedural. And it's like, okay, now we need a partner. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's here. Be opposite. And he's not offensive. And he's whatever. And he's here. And I like how every once in a while he like goes after Mormon man. He's like, you need to take the night off. That was traumatic. That's right. Yeah. You need to go, go take, go a, take a walk with your mom. Partner's always got to be pray. an opposite. Yeah. Go you can't have two or the something. Same I don't know. Yeah. You know, and then he, then he was like hobbling along at one point on his little stick in the woods when, you know, he went out to the, on one of the searches and I was like, Ooh, so he's going to get killed. Laura, we need to talk about Brenda, right? Cause yes, she's also a little yes. bit of an outsider. She comes from another mainstream Mormon family, less conservative than the Lafferty's, obviously. And she wants to be a news reporter on TV. And she pushes back a little bit. By the way, by the way, she also wants in. She wants in in this family. She's not interested in making a ton of waves. But as Alan says, he puts her in a prison of some kind. But she witnesses domestic abuse. She witnesses some crazy-ass anti-constitutional bullshit. And she starts asking questions. Slavery's back? I mean, (laughs) it all sounds pretty crazy if you ask me. But he didn't ask you. And he wouldn't. So if I was you, I would keep my mouth shut till I'd done my research. If you don't want to sound like an idiot in front of your new family. What do you think about Brenda, Laura Bricker? 
Um, I think that that role was particularly well cast. And it was also a role where I was like, you go, girl. And then I was having a lot of like rage type feelings as I was watching this because it is hard to watch women in what I consider modern society still being put into these like subservient roles. And you see her and she, right from the beginning, like she comes in on the motorcycle and, and I immediately felt sort of this angst when she's introduced to his family. And it's like, here's this like brother with like all his 10 children. And here's this brother with all of his. And, and Let's I, move you know, rocks on a side this weekend. Note, Let's move rocks all weekend. <laughs> I know. And I've then they're like, rock. women, aren't, Why do you <laughs> the women rock? aren't allowed to move the rocks. And she's like, I'm going to move a rock. And they're like, oh, my God, she's moving rocks. Get out of that woman. Like, oh, the scandal, the scandal, the and scandal. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and with the brothers, like, I don't even know which brother is which. I mean, that's like a whole side issue in the same for me. I'm like, they all blend together. There was no real differentiation for me. I'm and like, they oh, put beards another- on them. And you're like, who are these guys now? <laughs> Well, no one was idea. a Culkin. That was I very to, obvious. Yeah. Yes. I had to pull up like the IMDb. I'm like, who are these people? But Mormon, 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 Mormon. I don't know who these people are. But with Brenda and then the other wives that were, yeah. you know, subjected to this increasing like craziness, I, you know, Brenda, I, I loved that she's like, no, like I want to be a journalist. And then you see her having this interaction with the creepy professor when she's like, well, why can't women like read the news? And then you think, oh, he's, and then of course he like locks the doors, but she was spunky and she's like, um, so why are you locking the doors? Like you creepy motherfucker. And that's the end of that. But when later on she becomes an ally to the wife of the guy who goes really crazy, um, the blonde lady who also- Diana, yeah. Okay, who also came from a family that wasn't Mormon. And oh, Matilda, the one with the Scottish accent? No, Diana. No, okay. Not Scott, the the one with Ron's wife, yeah. The blonde lady. And you see her standing up to Ron when he's, and then you see, you know, Brenda coaching her and being like, no, you need to like write this down and like speak up. And, you know, so I felt like that character was set up in a way that when you look at the changing dynamic with the brothers and how they're sort of just like going off the deep end, you can see how she was a trigger for them because she was having none of their nonsense. Yeah. I mean, props to all the ladies. There are no flies on them. Every time like the guys do something that's fucked up, they give them the side eye, right? There's no like, Oh, I'm just going to stand by my man. No matter what stupid shit, even Joseph Smith's wife, when he pulls up that piece of paper saying polygamy is now part of our, our religion. She's like, Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and this piece of paper. You and Brigham Young can go fuck each other if you want to do that. <laughs> I'm probably going to get a lot of letters for that. It's okay. We can just beep no, it but all It's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> but all of them, Brenda too, I think it's a great performance by Daisy Edgar Jones. And by yep. the way, if we're going to talk about performances, I didn't like Andrew Garfield, but I did like Wyatt Russell by the way, guy's built for a mustache. Yeah. I really think so because of his weird lip. Uh, he comes off very believable as Dan because, like, he has, like, all this garbage of exposition to give. And it doesn't sound like that. He's so natural at it. It just sounds like he's really making an anti-government argument that you have to sit there and listen to. Not like he's, I've got all these lines. There's no place in the church for extremes. Dan. But, uh, what about extremely good, Ron? 
How about extremely good? The government keeps changing their rules. We're simply trying to sustain the rules that we started with, our heavenly inspired constitution. That's right. I mean, it's the only way out of this mess and back to God's plan. I think he's really great in this. Hmm. Yeah, I, Daisy Edgar Jones is great. She was in Normal People, a.k.a. the saddest television series I have ever watched in my life. I would not recommend watching it if you don't feel like crying. It will gut you. Uh, she's Irish, by the way, Kevin. I thought there was a lot of sex in that. A lot of sex, also a lot of crying, a lot of me crying and oh. everyone else crying while watching it. It's the saddest thing ever watching. And, of course, we know Sam Worthington, who played Ron Lafferty as Jake Sully. I see you, Jake Sully. <laughs> From Avatar. <laughs> uh, he has not yet shed the accent that he has in Did that Did he ever film. find the unobtainium? Wait, did Rebecca go on the Avatar ride? What did a you? name for a MacGuffin. Okay. The uh, unobtainium. Listen. What are we even talking about? Avatar. Yes, we'll talk about that. I will just say on the line for the Avatar ride, I explained the whole plot of Avatar to my stepdaughter, the meat puppets, the unobtainium, and she was like, the fuck with the unobtainium? The big tree. Yes. All right. Well, one quick question. Toby Ball, is this series, I kept thinking this, a little part of this in the way that it was written, not the way that it went in real life, but the way that it was written, it's a little bit of an object lesson in maybe not leaving your kids alone to their own devices, right? Because <laughs> as soon as those parents yeah. left, everything went to shit, right? Yeah. yeah. All those and rocks. It, instead of like having a big party in their house and like stuff getting trashed and beer bottles over the lawn, instead it's anti We're not paying taxes anymore. Yeah. And, and I want a bunch for, of wives. You're going to run for sheriff. <laughs> but so don't tell anybody about this cigarette. <laughs> Sheriff ball. Sheriff. Yep. I did like his little campaign prop where he cut a star out of paper and put <laughs> like Ron for, uh, what was it? Dan Lafferty for Sheriff, for, yeah. Lafferty for Sheriff or something. That was, that was hilarious. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Yes. All right. Well, I think we should do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Under the Banner of Heaven? It's a series about murder and Mormonism. It's based on the John Krakauer book of the same name. It's on Hulu right now. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Under the Banner of Heaven? Um, I'm kind of ambivalent about this show. So I'm going to go like mild thumbs up. You know, I didn't read the book. I know other people have read the book. I did like that it was framed as a police procedural. I think um, for me, what I found really interesting about this was 
the contrast of a really horrific crime with the Mormon culture and it taking place in that area, that region with a investigator from the police who is of the Mormon faith being thrust into the middle of this. But I'm five episodes in. That's what we have watched. I don't know if I would watch all eight episodes. I do feel like it started to drag at points in this. And I think it could have been condensed into a shorter piece that would have been more effective. But overall, I mean, it was interesting. I did find it interesting and I didn't know about the case. So, you know, that was definitely something that, you know, I started looking up and reading about it. So I think if you don't know about the case, you might find it interesting. If you read the book, you're probably not going to love this show. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Under the Banner of Heaven? So I guess my recommendation for the time that you would spend watching this would be to read the book Under the Banner of Heaven and then listen to both uh, seasons of Bundyville, mm. which I think uh, sort of tackles a lot of the same issues, but in a way I think it's a lot more compelling. Uh, that being said, you know, it's not horrible. You know, I give it a, I give it a mild thumbs up. I, you know, I, I feel like it's like 90% of a prestige television thing. I mean, there's just like, <laughs> it's just not quite there. Uh, and there's some good elements to it. I think it brings up some interesting um, things about the relationship between fundamentalist religion and sort of anti-government feelings and stuff. So, yeah, it's sort of a mild thumbs up. Kevin Flynn. I'm going to go sideways. That's my mild thumbs up. It's just, it's fine. Um, I don't know if they're trying to establish the uh, aesthetic of Mormon Gothic. It could be like True Detective Season 1, but it's not anything like that. It goes very slow. I do like how they're kind of peeling back the onion of the crime, but there's so many characters in different timelines that it's a little unwieldy. By the way, how long have they been keeping those guys in that those interrogation rooms? <laughs> It's like a week and a half, like Pyrie goes home and has baptism and they come back and the guy's still sitting in the chair with handcuffed. Laura knows and, what I mean. He didn't get any McDonald's fries no. either while he was there, like the other prisoners. No, no. I mean, the book was okay. And I think they're good to kind of focus on the crime part and tell it out the way that they are. But it's slow and I'm not buying Andrew Garfield as a very strong leading man in this particular role. So while it's not bad, I really can't tell people they got to sit down and watch this. So sideways. Wow. You're going to be disappointed, Kevin, because I'm going to make you watch the last couple episodes with me. Son of a bitch. Because I'm a thumbs up. (laughs) The banner of heaven. I'm really enjoying it. I like the performances and I think the drama is really good. I think the reenactments are real stupid. I think they really should have. If the reenactments were intentionally meant to be the fantasy reenactments of what the brothers think that the Joseph Smith, you know, origin story was supposed to look like, ergo little house in the prairie gothic weird. With seven wives. They should have signposted that more uh, because otherwise the reenactments are just so stupid, uh, the historical reenactments. But I think the performances are good. I think you're really dissing Andrew Garfield, um, like, wrongly i think the person who needs to be dissed here is sam worthington <laughs> frankly oh, yeah, yeah. um because he's still playing jake Sully um as uh dan lafferty anyway i like the series i don't think it's like super prestige tv i agree with toby that it's 
I wouldn't say 90% prestige TV. I would say 82% prestige TV, but that's good enough for me. I like the story. I think that it was very smart to frame it as a true crime story to get people to watch. I do think the cultiness does need to be explored more in this story, and I think they're doing a decent job with it. So fundamentally for me, it's a thumbs up for Under the Banner of Heaven. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime of the week. week. Researchers in the UK have discovered a new way to fish with an underwater mini disco. The marine biologists had been experimenting with replacing bait in crab and lobster pots with LED lights. Instead, the flashing lights attracted a huge number of scallops. Traditional harvesting of scallops either requires disruptive dredging of the seabed or labor-intensive collection by scuba divers. But these mollusks have 200 eyes and are clearly intrigued by what they see. The researchers have high hopes the scallop discos can give a boost to the industry with fewer environmental impacts. Meanwhile, it looks like the scallops are ready to rock out with their conk out and jam out with their clam out. Oh, yeah. Panel, they love the nightlife and they've got to boogie. What is the big hit at the scallop disco? Laura Bricker, what is the big hit at the scallop disco? Um, well, I have my disco yeah. ball out just for this occasion. I just happen to have one on hand because I do love disco. Who has a mirror ball, um, but all right, whatever. No, it's it's got it's got some disco lights. Look, if you hang it upside down, Watch out, now it's mosques, like a disco light. Scallops are going to come to your uh, <laughs> to your house. That's good because I love scallops. So I am going with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Let's groove because if you check out the um, music video, the little outfits they're wearing sort of look like they could be shells of a shellfish. Nice. Um, so yeah, I think they could attract some scallops with those shells. Toby Ball, what do you think the big hit is at the scallop disco? Uh, it's got to be Rock Lobster, right? Oh, no shit. Oh, Toby. Good he job. He took mine. Kevin, Damn do it. Back up answer for what yeah. the big head is in the Scallop Disco? Bottle service. All right. Well, uh, I think that should do it for us because I don't have an answer for this one because it's a really fucking weird question. <laughs> Laura Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you on Twitter and find out why it is that you have a lit up disco ball at your home or office, wherever you are recording tonight, uh, how can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Lara Bricker, and it's because I am looking forward to bringing back the disco party at some point nice. in the near future. Toby Ball, folks want to reach out to you on Twitter. How can they find you there? At Toby Ball NH. And Kevin Flint. I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. We also have a regular old Facebook page. Just go there and look for the group and click join the group. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get the Crime Writers On after show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the incredible handsome Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement where insolent women always make trouble for their pious husbands. On behalf of all Amen. the crime writers, thanks for listening. We Blessed will catch be the you fruit. later. Later. Question his own faith as he pursues men willing to spill blood in the name of God. 
Clip 3. In the name of God. Ready? <laughs> Got that out of your system? Yes. Mop, um, mop. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.